love so much. You died to give them life, life eternally and life abundantly. And the way that we receive life abundantly is we must live on something besides the bread that we eat. We need the bread of heaven to nourish us every day so that we might live a spiritual life full of power. Father, would you look around this room? Who is yours? Who is saved? Who is not? Who has your Holy Spirit living inside of them and in full control and who doesn't? Who is bearing good fruit and who isn't? Who, Father God, is uh, on a path, Father God, part-time? where there are times we bear good fruit and there are times we bear bad fruit. Lord, would you begin to examine our lives and if there is anything growing in us, any bad fruit, God, would you help us to follow it all the way to the root, all the way back to the seed, the untruth, the act of disobedience, the sin, the hurt, the pain, whatever calls this fruit to begin to grow into us, God, we're asking that you would pluck up that seed and tear out those roots, God, and replant us in Jesus Christ so that we might have fruit, Father God, that is worthy of repentance. That we might have fruit, God, that is uh, of the Spirit. Lord, this series is going to be a very healing series. I pray in Jesus' name that no one here would think this message is for somebody else. This message is for us. We all must begin to allow the Holy Spirit to examine our fruit and determine whether or not the fruit is good, the fruit is bad, the fruit is true or it's untrue. It's righteous or it's unrighteous because you're soon to come and we want to be a people who are ready. I speak healing in this place in Jesus' name. Healing from church hurt, healing from divorce, healing from death of loved ones, healing from uh, broken dreams, broken hearts, healing from children who are disobedient and not serving you, healing from A to Z, from alpha to omega. I pray that these words, God, will begin to transform our minds, renew our minds so that we might know the perfect will of God. Lord, may we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to this church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Rooted in truth, seeds, roots, and fruits. Those rooted in Christ produce the righteous fruit that pleases God. Disobedience and lies threaten this freedom. It's time to uproot evil fruit with the truth. A month or so ago, I was praying for the church, and I told you I'm very transparent with the way I uh, speak to God concerning many of you. Sometimes I grow frustrated, and I, I wonder where some of you are when it's time to be the church. And I said, God, you know, there, there are people here that are full of wisdom, full of talents. I need help, God. Where are they? And he says to me, they're broken. And I begin to study that and pray deeper into that. What does that mean, they're broken? There's, there's those, those of you that are here that are, you're on your way to heaven. This isn't a message about not being saved or not. It's just about not walking in the fullness of God not allowing the Holy Spirit to control every aspect of your life, not truly reflecting the image of Christ fully. So if I brought out two mirrors, one shattered and one perfect and whole, if you would look into the image of the one that was shattered, you would see that your image appears to be broken. So when God says that they are broken, what it really means is they are not truly reflecting Christ to the fullness, and we all have room to grow. Can you say this with me? I have room to grow. But the problem is this. You see, God desires that we bear righteous fruit, but some of us are bearing fruit that are unrighteous, and sometimes it becomes a cycle, and these cycles can be called strongholds as well. Now, there are times where a righteous person will trip in sin. You'll fall 
and sin. You'll mess up, okay? But there's another thing. Uh, it's a whole other thing if you have roots wrapped all the way around your feet and you are trapped in the sin. You're repetitively continuing in the same sin over and over and over and over again. That's a stronghold. You're rooted in the sin. And what God is going to do through his word is cut those roots and pull up those seeds out of our lives so that we don't continue to produce fruit that is bad. Because it is God's desire that we produce holy fruit. And the only way that we'll ever produce holy fruit is that if we are rooted in truth, rooted in God, rooted in his son, rooted in the word. They're broken, he said. I said, God, why can't we move forward? Some of us have been Christians for a very long time, but why is it that we can't just move forward? What's holding us back? They're broken. Go to John, please, chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. And it says this, but the time is coming, indeed it's now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Say this with me, Lord, I desire to be a true worshiper, okay? The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is a spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, what we just did was an act of worship. As we were singing songs to God and loving on him and we were in his presence, that was singing is just an act of worship. But just because we sing songs doesn't mean that it's true worship because true worship must come from a pure heart and a clean heart. So what is the definition of worship? It is this, reverent love and devotion, a lifestyle of faithful obedience and service. And it is exhibited only in spirit and truth. God is looking for those who will worship him both in spirit and truth. So not from our carnal selves and not from anything outside of truth. Some of, up, some of us have come up in the church and everything we were taught was not true. We were taught some doctrine, we were taught some religious things, and that is not true worship unless it is the truth. So God is wanting to look inside, well, he doesn't need to look inside, he's wanting us to look inside and say, God, is there anything in my life that is not true? Am I bearing any fruit that is not godly? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that conviction only be present in this room and no condemnation. Conviction only. Father, this is our opportunity to get it right while there is breath still in our bodies. Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. You cannot have these people. Every stronghold be broken in Jesus' name. Every fruit that is being bore in our lives that is not of God. Father, would you show us where it is and would you help us to deal with it through repentance in Jesus name amen it is so important that we be real and transparent this morning the Bible says that if any of us say that we are without sin then we are liars so it's time to deal with that sin and say God help me I repent of this thing and sometimes the sin can be so uh, hidden to others but we know that we bear it because it comes in cycles your uh, explosive anger lust depression, thinking less of yourself than you ought to. There's all kinds of fruit that we can bear at times that is not of God, but we've got to be willing to allow him to show us where it is and to uproot it. It's not okay. It's not okay for us to say, well, my mom did it this way, or uh, my mom, see, some of us, uh, oh my goodness, some of us, uh, we, we, we beat our kids because we were beat. But you don't understand that some of that is abuse. That you don't have to be hitting on your kids all crazy when they're not acting right. That you need to discipline them sometimes through teaching. 
Because what you do is you pass on a violent tendency. You can pass on a root of anger when you're trying to discipline your children only with anger. Discipline is only supposed to be rooted in love. It says the Lord chastens those he loves. I'm talking about roots, folks. It's time to get free from some stuff that keeps circulating in our bloodline and also in our lives. Those things that keep coming up, those sins you keep saying, oh, Lord, I did it again. Lord, forgive me. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. It's time that we not excuse that anymore and say, God, deliver me from this thing. I don't want to be rooted in this thing anymore. The reason that those sinful fruits keep showing up because the roots remain. Something occurred in your life. A seed came. The roots grew, and now this fruit continues to come. Some of you are very judgmental against others because you know why? Somebody was judgmental towards you. Some of you have been hurt before by other people, and you've built these walls up to where you won't let people in. You won't let people close, and that's not the love of God. Fear built that wall, and the word of God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. It's time for some fruit to fall off the tree and never come back again and we're not satisfied with not being able to see the fruit anymore we want it to be rooted up out of our lives so it can never come back again it's time that we be delivered all the way it's time that everything about our lives be planted in Jesus Christ alone so that we can bear his fruit it's not okay say this with me my sin, my sin. is not okay Again, my sin, my sin is not okay. We're always looking at other people's sin. Oh, look at them. They do this and they're this. Oh, my goodness, no. Look at yourself. We must look at ourselves and say, Lord, deliver me from these sins in my heart. And some of us don't even know God hates it. We don't even know how much God hates some of the way that we think about other people, our judgmental attitudes. There is racism and prejudice that can hide inside of us. It's not just white people who can be prejudiced and hatreds towards people, black people, Hispanic people, Polish people. Do you know why? White people don't own racism. The devil does. Racism is pure evil. And if that fruit is on your tree, it could, it could be because you were taught it. A seed was planted in your life not to like these kinds of people. And still you uh, have a tendency, you won't say it outright, but sometimes uh, it, they, rubbed, they rub you the wrong way. What is that thing? It's time that we just stop, uh, uh, it's time that we stop seeing this bad fruit and still stamping it okay and letting it pass. God desires that we be free. He desires that we be fruitful. And he desires that that fruit be of the spirit, that it be righteous fruit. You alone cannot produce righteous fruit. For Paul said that there is no good thing in me, not one thing. So no matter how good we think we are, our fruit, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Apart from Christ, we are no good at all. Apart from Christ, we are sinners. Apart from Christ, we are lost. Apart from Christ, all that we can do is think carnally, carnal thoughts that lead to death. So how will we be transformed? By allowing the power of God to make us into new creations. And the problem is this. Many of us are saved. Our life is in Christ, but we've got these wild fruits. These fruits that don't belong on these trees. And where do these wild fruits come from? There are some roots that go back to the world. That's how Christian men can still deal with lust. That's how Christian women can still deal with lust. Because yes, you are born again, but you're thinking some untruths. There's, there's some things in your life, uh, there's some corrupt fruit in your life because there are some corrupt thoughts, some corrupt ways still. How do we fix this? Every part of our being must be rooted in truth. It must be rooted in Christ. Some of you are bearing fruit because someone hurt you. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching truth because it works because God just healed me two days ago from something. My best friend growing up, man, we were like brothers. We were so close, right? 
Then we grew up and some things happened. And the last thing he said to me was, just because we grew up in the same neighborhood doesn't mean we're best friends anymore. And man, that thing cut me. Like, ouch. And then from now on, when I think about him, there's a piece of fruit on my tree that shouldn't be there. I just, don't, I just didn't think good about him anymore because he hurt me. That, that really cut me deep. And the fruit that I was bearing was not forgiveness. The fruit that I was bearing was not mercy. The fruit that I was bearing was not kindness, not love, not the fruit of the spirit. That was the Damien fruit that was hanging on the tree because he hurt me. You see, all the fruit we carry is not spiritual. Sometimes it's carnal. It's bitterness. It's anger. And the Lord began to deal with me and said, okay, it's time to fix this thing. Lord, Church, can you say this with me? Lord, it's time to fix it. We got to let some things go because some of you, even in your marriages right now, we have some bitter fruit against the, our, our, our spouses. And we got to say, Lord, it's time to fix it. Lord, I'm ready to let it go. Lord, release me from these feelings. Release me from these emotions. I want to bear fruit that is worthy of repentance. So as I began thinking about this, this fruit that's, that's hanging on my tree about this old best friend of mine, God began to show me the roots so the fruit is, and maybe some hurt, maybe some anger, maybe some bitterness. And then he showed me the roots. And the roots go all the way back down to a seed. And that seed was an event. And that event was when he said, just because we grew up together doesn't mean that we're best friends. And from that seed, from that event, this fruit has been growing on, on my tree and in my life the whole time. Until God showed it to me and said, it's time to cut it off and pluck it up. And Lord, how do I fix this then? How do I take what he said to me? How do I take what he said to me and then plant it in you? Because it's been planted in me and I can't bear good fruit. I can only bear the fruit of carnality, of anger and hurt and all that comes from that. So I had to pluck up that moment and put it in Christ and say, God, this hurt me, but I'm going to give it to you. Because while I had it, I grew bitterness. While it was planted in me, I grew anger. I was hurt, God, but I pluck up that seed, God, that event, and now I'm going to plant it in the soil of the Spirit. I'm going to plant it in Christ. Now what, grew, now what fruit can I bear? Forgiveness. Mercy long-suffering, kindness, love. Do you see what I'm talking about today? We've got to begin looking at the fruit in our lives, allowing the Holy Spirit to take us all the way through the bottom of the root, where it's buried in our mind and what happened to us, pull up that event, that seed, and give it to Jesus. This has been blessing me so much. Because even after that, I've been in some issues, some conversations, some conflict. And before, uh, as the event happens, I understand that it's a seed. And however I respond to what's happening to me right now will determine the type of fruit I bear. If I take this seed, this, what this person said to me or what happened to me, if I take it as an offense and hold on to it and let it grow in me, it will grow bitterness and anger and envy and hatred. But if I take what happened to me and, and give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to cast this care on you, then it will bear good fruit. Then it will be spiritual. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. It says this, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered 
with that veil, and they do not understand. But listen to this church, verse 16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see, this is the most important part, and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So when the Lord says that there are some broken people among us, it means that we can't fully reflect the glory of the Lord. Why? Because there's some fruit. There's some fruit in our lives that should not be there. And sometimes we feel like we got a right to be mad. We got a right to hold on to this fruit. The reason that somebody can be mad at somebody for 50 years is because fruit is seed bearing. Inside of that fruit is our seeds that continue to allow that fruit to grow. So every time you think about how angry you are, how, how messed up that thing was that happened to you, when you eat that fruit, there's more seeds in it and it continues to grow. So Americans are those who live in or have citizenship with America. Christians are those who live in Christ and have citizenship with the kingdom of God. Are we living our lives that are so full of the Holy Spirit and truth that people would say that if Jesus were here, that's how they'd be living their life right now? Do you hear what I just said? As Christians, we should be living our lives in such a way that when people see the way we live our lives, they should be able to say, that's exactly how Jesus would be living if he was here right now. Wow, that's heavy, isn't it? Well, thank God it's a gift. Thank God we don't have to earn it. Thank God that it's all by faith, right? We can't in and of ourselves produce the fruit of God. It is only him. Our only job is to be planted in him, in relationship with him, in obedience to his commands. So what of this bad fruit? What of this bad fruit? Again, Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Spirit of truth, begin to work on the hearts and minds of the people who are here. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that there will be an anointing of grace as we begin to look inward through the power of your Holy Spirit and look at some events that happen to us in which we have not forgiven people, things that we are broken over, things that we are bitter by. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that uh, some things that we believe in error because we were exposed to some things way too young. Some of us were exposed to some things way too young, and we begin to develop wrong ideas about those things, and create, they create bad fruit in our lives. Holy Spirit, this moment will be hurtful without you. Holy Spirit, this moment will be heavy without you. But I'm asking in Jesus' name that you begin to bring freedom through truth to the lives that can hear my voice right now. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is our healer. He takes away our sins. He takes away our hurt. He wants to remove the bad fruit from our lives, but we must be willing to surrender and submit to it. Father, would you begin to highlight those areas in our lives that fruit keeps coming that is not of you? The hurt, the pain, the depression, the bitterness, the anger, the lust, the envy, all those fruits, God, that attempt to grow themselves on our tree, Jesus, help our brokenness so that we can look more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 8 say this, but when he saw, this is Jesus, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the divine wrath and judgment to come? So produce fruit that is consistent with repentance. What does that mean? 
demonstrate new behavior that proves a change of heart and a conscious decision to turn away from sin. So the Pharisees, I'm sorry, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were religious and traditional only. If you have the state of mind that a Pharisee had or a Sadducee had, it's when we'll be able to sit in church and anytime I talk about evil or bad fruit or sin that needs to be repented of, you think about people next to you, you think about people outside of here, but never here. It's never, Lord, examine me. Is there anything wrong with me? Lord, cleanse me. Lord, help me, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 says this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. Be careful, church. This is part of our brokenness. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. That's a big one. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. And here's how we know he wasn't just talking about outsiders. Listen, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So what does this mean? See, the people that were described here, they faithfully attend church and they even participate in ministry. The people that are described here are those who are broken and reflecting incomplete images of Jesus Christ. So church, if we're going to be saved, let's be saved all the way. If we're going to be Christians, let's be Christ-like all the way. Let's not be half in the world and half in Christ to try to produce two different fruits from two different trees. We've got to say, Lord, examine me. It is me who is standing in the need of prayer. It is me who is standing in the need of deliverance, especially if I do a seat. That's why we can't afford to do a self-examination. If there is a mole growing on in the middle part of my back, that was cancerous, I would be in big trouble if I had nobody in my life that can see it because I don't see that part of my back, right? So we've got to say, God, is there anything growing inside of me that shouldn't be there? And one of the indicators is the way that you might feel when you see a certain person, the way that you might feel about certain people, the way that you might respond all the time, okay? Let's keep going. So here's what will happen. Leaves will fall off and expose evil fruit if we resist conviction. Listen to this church. Lord, begin to open ears, begin to work on hearts in this moment. Leaves will fall off and expose our evil fruit if we resist conviction. What does this mean? Those secret sins that we have or those, those issues that we have, those outbursts that we have that are not godly, for a while, it'll be secret. No one else will see it. No one else will know it but you. But the Holy Spirit will be convicting you. Say, come on, you've got to get rid of that. You've got to let that thing go. You see, what, what needs to happen is repentance through the blood of Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve tried to cover their sin and their nakedness with a leaf, but a leaf was not good enough. So, church, what begins to happen is this. Some of you begin to, some of you wonder, like, uh, how is it that someone in ministry could, could be sinning for so long? How is it that someone uh, uh, as high profile as a pastor, it becomes uncovered? Church, can you say uncovered? It becomes uncovered that they were living an ungodly life in the background. It's because over time, God is dealing with them. He said, you need to repent of this thing. Okay, right now you got a lot of trees on you, and people can see your righteous fruit because it's low-hanging. It's what you're known for. But there's some evil fruit growing at the top of the tree where only God can see it. No other people can see it. You know it's there. So what begins to happen over time? Leaves begin to fall off the tree. Why is that? Because in the secret place, we would not repent. 
When God was trying to convict us of the sin, we would not deal with it. We would not, and, and God cares more about your eternity than the way that the public views you. God cares more about your eternity than your reputation. So in order to save the whole tree, God will allow leaves to begin falling out of our lives. And that thing that used to be covered now gets exposed. So since we wouldn't repent in private, now the whole world gets to see the, sin, the secret sin that we were living in. It's not God's desire to bring shame or embarrassment to anyone. But when you ignore the whispers, God has to make it a shout. And it's that shout, repent and turn from sin, that blows all the leaves off of our tree and exposes the evil works, exposes the sin. So listen, you can hide the sin for just a little while, but God loves you enough to start knocking leaves off of trees. So before that wind blows, you've got to say, God, Okay, I'm ready to deal with it. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of hiding this sin. But, but, and you need to say, God, I, I, I've tried. I've said I'm sorry, but it keeps coming back. So God, now this thing is a stronghold. The, 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 the roots are so twisted all around me that I can't even get myself free anymore. How do we become free? Repent and turn from sin. True repentance is when you actually say, God, I'm sorry, and then you move away from that thing and stop producing that fruit. The reason some of us are trapped in strongholds is because we still like the sin. The reason you're trapped in the stronghold is because you like the sin too much. If you really want to be free from the sin, you got to say, God, cut this thing off at the root. I'm living a lie. This is not truth. This thing is wicked in your sight. And God, I want to be free from this thing. It's so important, church. I know that messages about sin and messages like this aren't the kind that will fill the church, but they will fill heaven. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. I pray conviction is running rampant by the Holy Spirit through all of us right now. Because sometimes the fruit is so high that you forgot about it. You forgot about what happened 20 years ago when somebody says something to you. You forgot this person even existed, but this bitterness is still there. Some of you are bitter against your parents right now. Uh, and here's something that you need to know about your parents. Some of your parents didn't know any better. You're, you're bitter at your parents about the way that they raised you, but some of them weren't even saved. They weren't even born again. So would you show some grace to your parents so that you can drop that fruit off the tree and be free from that thing? Forgive your parents. See, some of you are mad because your parents may have dressed you in certain kind of clothes and uh, your friends made fun of you. But guess what? Your parents didn't have a lot of money. It's not that your parents didn't want to, they wanted to embarrass you. Your parents loved you. They weren't trying to shame you. They were trying to feed you. And food was more important than fancy clothes at the time. Some of us got to deal with some deep roots that have to deal with our parents. Our parents were limited in the way that they could raise us. Some of you, some of you uh, have, you, you felt the rejection from a parent, right? And you see, the thing about having the fruit of rejection is that it can spread through the whole tree, so not only do you deal with rejection from parent, you can't hardly have good relationships at work or in your life because the fruit of rejection is just everywhere. So anytime someone says something that uh, doesn't please you or they say, hey, could you do a little of this or that wasn't quite right, rejection. Oh, they're rejected. Here we go again. Rejection. It's time that we begin saying, Holy Spirit, what was the original seed? What was that original moment where this began to grow in my life? Who hurt me first to make me anger, angry? Who hurt me first to make me bitter? Who rejected me first? Who, where did I learn this anger from? 
If your parents yelled at you, then you probably yelled at your kids too. And that doesn't make it right. It's only right if it's from Jesus. It's only right if it was rooted in truth. And God wants to bring us freedom and deliver us from all of those things that have been happening in our lives that he wants to bring us freedom to. Some of you men, the original seed of your lust was when a neighbor showed you a magazine, that first magazine from back in the day. But now, now technology has come up to the point where you don't have to see those images in magazines anymore. They're on your phones and websites. And now you saw a woman or a man, a woman saw a man in a way that was uncovered that shouldn't be. And now a seed of lust was born. The devil robbed you of what true sexuality is. He robbed you of what it should look like and what it should be. And now that seed has grown into other things on the tree, which are lust and these desires that should have been locked down until marriage. These desires and expression of love that should have waited are coming out. Why? Where is the seed? God desires that we wait for marriage. God desires that we do everything through Christ. But if it happens before the time God allows, then a wild seed would grow. Some of us, some of us were uh, touched inappropriately as children. There's a seed, and from that seed begins to grow these feelings, these untruths that shouldn't be on the tree, and now we wonder why we still struggle. But listen to me, and listen good. Those who the Son sets free is free indeed. So listen, 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 listen. The memory might still be back here, but the seed has no more power. The seed cannot produce new roots and grow new fruit because you've given that thing to God and he has set you free. Freedom is sweet, but freedom only comes from one place. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What is the truth, God? What is the truth about anger? What is the truth about sexuality? What is the truth about lust? What is the truth about money? What is the truth, God? That's the only way that we will be able to bear these fruits. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. What can you identify them by? Their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So what does this mean? There are no hybrid trees. So it's not possible to be a Christian who is constantly producing bad fruit. So you're either a good tree or a bad tree. Where is your life rooted and connected? So, so listen, God desires that we would either be cold or hot, not lukewarm. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, relocate my life. Away from, Away from lukewarm. We're either a good tree or a bad tree. Not a good tree that produces righteous fruit Monday through Tuesday. Wednesday, I'm lying, I'm in lust, I'm in anger, I'm just producing all this bad fruit. Now, there is a difference. There is a difference. A good tree can be influenced to produce bad fruit. A good tree can have an encounter in which bad fruit may come. But since it's a good tree, it can't produce it. When you live by the Spirit, you can't produce bad fruit. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you don't obey the lust.
lust of the flesh, you can't produce bad, bad fruit. So we've got to make a decision. We've got to say, God, I give you my whole life to produce only your fruit. Because if you own any of your life, that is where that carnal fruit comes from. Your sin comes from you, not from Christ. So we've got to say, God, I don't want this life anymore. So Jesus stands before us and looks at our lives and, okay, you want to be a bad tree? You want to be a good tree? So uh, this bad tree that you're holding on to, here's what the word says. So if you seek to save your life, if you want to keep this tree, then you're going to lose the whole thing. But if you're willing to give up your life totally for me, then you will find life. Anybody learning something this morning? Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 19. So every tree, can you say every tree? So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. See, this is one of those moments where we think about sinners outside of here. This is one of those moments where we're thinking about, oh, it's not talking about me. I love the Lord. No, every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a, a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So listen, 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 listen. If an orange tree could talk, it could say this all day. I'm an apple tree. Look at all my beautiful apples. This is an orange tree, remember? I am an apple tree. Look at all my beautiful apples. Oh, God, I thank you that you made me an apple tree. I thank you that my apples are the juiciest and, and reddest apples in the world. Thank you, God. And what does God say? These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They say that they are Christians. They say that they love me, but the fruit that they produce is not the fruit in which I have ordained. Here's a moment to reflect. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of conviction. Here's a moment to reflect. Those of you that are trapped in cycles of sinful lifestyles, those of you that think you are one tree but you are really another, it's time for you to allow repentance to come up from your belly all the way out of your mouth and say, Lord, I repent. I have not been living the life of righteousness in which you require me to live. Lord, forgive me. A little bit of yeast will make the whole loaf rise. And a little bit of evil fruit will reproduce into more evil fruit. So what must we do? All right. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 tells us the kind of fruit that we can grow apart from Christ. This is the other tree, the evil tree. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what must happen? Fruit inspections. We need fruit inspections. And fruit inspections are mandatory because there is only one type of fruit that blesses and proves that we are his own. We need to say, Holy Spirit, have I rooted anywhere outside of truth? Galatians 5, through 26 tells us the kind of trees we ought to be. But the Holy Spirit produces. So let's look at the difference. In Galatians 5, 9, 21, it's 19 through 21, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Then it lists all those sins. But Galatians 5, 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces. So who do we need more than anyone in this world? The Holy Spirit. Who do we need? The Holy Spirit. We need to be filled.
Holy Spirit. Can you say this with me? Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. No matter, no matter the title of pastor, no matter how long I've been saved, I can't produce by myself the fruit of the Spirit. It is only the Holy Spirit that produces this fruit. Now listen to what it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, say this with me, church. Since I am living by the Spirit, I will follow the Spirit's leading in every part of my life. This is how you produce the fruit of righteousness. Temptation will come to you. There will be events in which you have the opportunity to display ungodly character. But since you are not led by your flesh anymore and led by the spirit, that is how you produce spiritual fruit, okay? So let's keep going. Let's keep going. I get ahead of myself sometimes. All right, so all the fruit... That means godly or ungodly character and behavior in our lives has roots. And every root came from a seed, either planted inside of Christ, which is truth, or sin that is a lie. To destroy evil fruit, we must sever the root of disobedience and obey the truth for new righteous fruit to go. So when you have the opportunity to sin and you do it, that seed breaks forth and roots come out and fruit grows. But when you have the opportunity to sin and you don't do it, you're not led by your sinful nature anymore, you're led by the Spirit of God, that event breaks open and the fruit of righteousness comes out of you. I have self-control. I have peace. I have love. I am long-suffering. Why? Because I had the opportunity to live from my flesh, give them a piece of my mind, allow the carnal nature to be expressed. But instead, I took it to the Spirit. Listen to me. That's why the Holy Spirit needs to be on board. That's why you can't afford to only feel the Holy Spirit when you come to church on Sunday. You better have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you to help you deal with the issues that you are sure to face every day and say, Lord, ooh, this thing has made me mad, but I'm not going to express anger. I'm going to give this event to you so that this seed will break forth and the seed of righteousness will come out of me as produced by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I can't take it. This made me mad or this thing has tempted me to the point where I want to respond, but I'm not going to respond. I'm going to give it to you, Holy Spirit. Church, say this with me. Slow down. And I'm not talking about me and me talking fast right now. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you when temptation comes to your life. That moment, you see, we are not controlled by sin anymore. So we don't have to be angry. We don't have to sin. There is a moment, the Bible says, in every temptation, he makes a way of escape. So when I want to sin, there is a way of escape in which I can take this, uh, this thing to God and say, God, whoo. That was close. I almost did it. But Lord, I'm giving it to you now. Lord, I was so tempted in that moment. Lord, I almost went off. But Lord, here I am, God. This thing hurt me. Lord, will you help me? And from that, when you do that, the seed opens. And the fruit of the Spirit comes out of you. And there comes that supernatural patience. You want to know what supernatural patience looks like? When you want to knock out your kids sometime. <laughs> to the moon. But you don't. You have that moment where you bow your head and say, Lord, give me strength. That's taking that seed to the spirit, that event to the spirit. And saying, instead of me dealing with it, God, I get Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, comfort me. 
Holy Spirit, teach me. And in that moment, listen to me, his patience shows up. His gentleness shows up. His kindness shows up. His self-control shows up. Amen? So, sin is disobedience to the truth, which is God's righteous standard of living. All right, now we're going to close, but not so close to closing that you need to play. All right. How do we uproot this evil fruit? There's going to be a whole series on this, but this is just the introduction, okay? And I'm sweating through the introduction. How do we uproot evil fruit, okay? So, for example, God's word is the truth, right? God's word is the standard. We want to obey God and produce righteous fruit. So let's use this as an example. Ephesians 4.26 says this, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Why? If you let the sun go down while you're still angry, it gives the root time to grow. And if the root has time to grow, it'll produce fruit. And that fruit is full of seeds. And seeds bring more roots and more fruit. So we've got to uh, cut that thing off before it gets a chance to take root in our lives. So everybody close your eyes, please. By a show of hands, how many of you deal with anger sometimes? Okay, hands down. And I didn't peek or that would have made you angry. All right, let's keep going. I had my hand up, uh, by the way. Okay, so a person displaying the sinful fruit of anger has a root that came from a seed of, of the sin or disobedience to the truth, which is don't let, don't sin by letting anger control you. So if you have done that once and you continue to do that, that fruit is still there and it is seed bearing, okay? So many times these seeds are thoughts or actions stemming from an event that has angered you. So where did you learn anger from? Why do you keep expressing anger? Let's keep going. So before there is fruit, there must be a root. And before there is a root, there must be a seed. So that seed could have been this. Let's just say, for instance, someone says something about you that was untrue. This would be the event or seed. So let's say tomorrow at work you hear, or when you go back to work you hear someone say that uh, they tell the, your supervisor uh, that, that, they, that, that they heard you say that they hate this job and the boss doesn't know what he's doing and it gets on your nerves and if you ran the place, it'd go so much smoother. Now, I don't care how Christian you are, when you heard that, that would upset you. Like, I did not say that. So anger would be in you. Not all anger is sinful, okay? It's sinful when anger controls you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not all anger is sinful, okay? It's an emotion. You're going to be angry sometimes, but it turns to sin when you let it control you. So if Becky said it and you corner Becky in the break room and say, Becky, I will break your neck if I ever hear you say something like that again, that's sin. Okay, you let your anger control you. That was ungodly. That was not, that was not, nowhere in the character of God. So that's our example, okay? So what we do next will determine if we produce good or evil fruit. Will we be disobedient or obedient? The word says, don't sin by letting anger control you. So the moment you hear it, you're going to be angry. But the sin comes if it controls you. So immediately, church, can you say immediately? Immediately, we must run this thing to God and say, God, you know what just happened? I want to explode. I am so, you can be honest, he knows. I, I am so angry, okay? Ephesians 4.26 again says, don't sin by letting anger control you. So if we are disobedient, the seed breaks open, and a root of anger breaks out from the seed, producing sinful fruit. Because fruit is seed-bearing, as long as the root is there, the anger will remain. We have to act fast, church. When the opportunity to sin presents itself, we must act fast. Because this is the way the Lord showed it to me. When temptation comes... 
The way of escape is as big as an airport hangar. It is huge. But if you linger, if you linger about that temptation, if you linger with that evil thought, the way of escape does this. The longer you wait, the smaller the way out gets, and then you can find yourself trapped in that sin, and the only way out is deep, deep repentance, or, God forbid, you carry out that unrighteous act. All right, now you can come. Since there is seed time and harvest time, we must, each with the help of God, examine our harvest. Church, can you say this with me? Seed time, time. harvest time. Okay, so listen, examine your harvest. Allow God to help you examine your harvest. What is that fruit that is not godly that keeps showing up in your life over and over again? Because there's seed time and there's harvest time, okay? So in the same scenario, how could righteous fruit have been produced? We know that we run that thing over to God. Instead of planting it and handling it within our sinful nature, we plant it in Christ through obedience. This is how to root something, to re-root something in the truth. Galatians 5.16 tells us this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Listen to this Bible verse. Listen. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How do we break those cycles of sin? How do we break those strongholds? Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Why? So he can produce the fruit that you can't produce in that moment. Amen? Amen. We need to be rooted in truth, church. That's the name of this message. And to be rooted in truth, John 14, 6 says, I, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Colossians 2, 6 through 10 tells us, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will be strong, will grow strong in the truth. This message series is called Rooted in the Truth. He's telling us how to do it. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Father, I have fed them the word in which you have given me. Lord, would you help me? You know my problem. I look for fruit as soon as the message is preached. I look for dynamic change in their lives as soon as the words leave my mouth. But that's not my job. For your word says one plants, another one waters, and God gives the increase. So these people now know the truth. Those cycles of lust, cycles of anger, cycles of bitterness, being frozen, and not just the sins, like Pastor Jim said, not just the sins that we commit, but the righteousness that we omit. Some of us know we're supposed to be doing good and not, and we do it not. Some of us know that we're supposed to be out about our father's business, but our love for ourselves causes us to love leisure more than working in the kingdom because it's hot outside and what if people reject me? I don't know what to say. I don't believe I'm smart. So God, would you help this church and even visitors that if there's anything holding them back from living 
and displaying the full glory of Jesus Christ in their lives, would you begin removing that fruit, go? Would you begin removing those seeds? I want each of you right now to ask the Holy Spirit to show you any seeds that keep bringing forth fruit in your life that shouldn't be there. Anger towards anyone, unforgiveness, bitterness. Church hurt is a big one because church hurt will paralyze you and not allow you to move forward with your kingdom purpose because you don't want to go through that again. You don't want to fully trust anyone again. You don't want to fully put your gifts out there again. But will you listen to me, please? God needs your help. He needs you to live out your purpose. May strongholds be broken in our lives. May repentance be at the top of our lips, God, every single day on the tip of our tongue. Lord, we repent and help us to bear the fruit of righteousness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.